Welcome to the Hawkeye Huddle here on 1700 The Champ, 101.3 FM. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you. Uh, in, in typical fashion, we are we are not sitting together. We're not even in the studio or at Teamigs tonight. Uh, David is in Chicago, uh, where I spent the better part of last weekend, and uh, he's there flying out to Cancun tomorrow for a little spring break. I'm actually uh, in the hawk hole in my home here in Grimes. Uh, we had some things scheduled for this evening here at home, so we thought we'd just do the show this way and uh, even having a few technical difficulties, so we're we're winging it on the phones. It's, it's par for the course, my friend. We've done it all kinds of different ways over the years, and uh, we'll figure this one out as well. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> Two guys on a, on the phone, not in a bar, talking about the Hawks. That sounds like the Hawkeye huddle to me. It it, it certainly it certainly can be. I think um, it's a good thing we probably didn't. It's a, probably a good thing we didn't do a show last Thursday afternoon. I think both of us would have been uh, in a much more surly uh, mood. And I certainly think the men's basketball team was in a surly mood. They were they were dejected and disappointed. I, I don't know if I've seen verbally um, a team that that season was not is not over yet. Uh, come off the court and and just be as visibly upset as they were with themselves. I think for the way things went. In Chicago, uh, a tough four-point loss to Ohio State in a game where really where the Hawks had uh, any a number of chances to just sort of take control and pull away, and ended up giving it up late. Uh, but nonetheless, we look forward to the NCAA tournament this week. We've got six teams from the state of Iowa there. Of course, Iowa State and Drake men and women are there, but both uh, both the Iowa men uh, and women are going to be playing this weekend as well. And uh, the Iowa women at home as the number two seed in the NCAA tournament, uh, the Seattle region, one of the Seattle regions, they'll get uh, southeastern Louisiana State on Thursday, right? No, wait, that's Friday, Friday at 3 o'clock, and then they will have a Sunday game against either Florida State or Georgia pending the win on Thursday. Um, and those, that game, uh, both those games, sold out in 10 minutes, my friend, 10 minutes. Well. So I was I was watching the Twitter machine earlier this morning, and people were complaining because the website wasn't letting anyone buy tickets. Do you think that the uh, sub hubs of the world were in there and, and gobbling them up, or do you think the individuals I, actually got these? No, I think I think it handled a lot of people very quickly. It just couldn't handle everybody that wanted them. There's, I don't think there's a good way for the scalpers to get more than – I think you can get a block of like eight, maybe ten, but I don't think they can do much more than that. So that might have happened, but I really don't see it, that uh, – I don't, I don't think – you know, I think it's just individuals were in there that fast, and the, and the machine was doing its bit, but it, uh, it did it in ten minutes, which is pretty impressive. Could you imagine if you actually were like fourth in line, you know, at the <laughs> ticket office? And you're standing there, okay, this is going to be – It'll be nice. It's a little chilly, but it'll be okay. And by the time they get to you, I'm sorry, we're sold out. I'd have blown yep. a gasket. <laughs> yeah. You'd have. You'd been like, well, but what? But wait. <laughs> Stand here for 25 well, so, minutes. <laughs> yeah. So we'll break down. Um, we'll we'll get into the women here in just a little bit. But since the men did just play this week, let's talk a little bit about the men's basketball uh, tournament over in Chicago. I did get the opportunity to go, which was really cool. Um, uh, not that they, uh, not that I was given. Let's see, how should I put this? I don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth, but they did not have a spot for me to sit. Uh, I, I got there and I went wandering around. I, I have to tell you, nobody knew anything. 
I kept asking where I should go and what I should do, and they kept taking me to different people. It was crazy. Brett, but I finally we yeah. are we're not media, okay? Well, we have I, a radio so, show. I so I was fine with it, right? So I just thought it was interesting. I, I got to finally got to a table where all the Iowa media were listed. And there were three open seats on that list, and they said, no, you still can't sit there. And I went, okay, well, what should I do? And they said, well, we got these two media rooms. And I'm like, you want me to go watch the game on TV in, the, in, in underneath the arena? And they said, well, or, you know, there's all kinds of seats everywhere right now because there's four games going on. Right. So I ended up, I ended up in the front row at midcourt, right, 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 right at midcourt. <laughs> and um, I talked to one of the – there were a couple of ushers there that were re- very cool in terms of understanding. They're like, well, you got to pass. They're like, you should be able to sit anywhere here. Don't worry about it, you know. So that was really good. Um, and I will say this, the one thing that, that you miss when you watch on TV, um, and, and particularly even when you're up a little higher in, in an arena, is you just miss the speed and the size of some of, of, some of these kids. Oh, yeah. it, it was a very fast-paced, very strong game, very physical. And um, I, I come away more impressed with guys like Philip Rabracha, who's a little undersized, but as big as he plays. Uh, Chris Murray, Tony Perkins, as big as they play. Uh, albeit they didn't have great, necessarily great games the other day. I, I think you could say Rebracha probably did, but everybody else didn't play very well. But, boy, it, it, was, it was physical. And I think Ohio State, um, the combination that they can throw at you, which is kind of uh, crazy, but with the few wins they have. But they're, they're not the strongest team, but they're strong. They don't have one star that you can zero in on. You had to guard everybody. And Iowa would let one guy get loose, and that guy would knock down a shot. And, and I think that's what you have to be careful of with Auburn this week uh, is, is kind of the same thing. Uh, it, there just wasn't any one guy Iowa could key on, any one facet of the game. And in the end, by having to kind of just play an overall solid game, I think Iowa ended up hurting themselves because they couldn't shoot it. Well, obviously Iowa's inefficiency on offense killed them in that game. I mean, how many times did they have a four-point lead and the ball in the second half and fail and failed to get a basket, and and oftentimes failed to even get a shot. It was, I don't know. To me, it felt like six or seven different times we had a chance to take that to a three possession game, and were unable to do that. You know, and then the Hawks just shot themselves in the foot by not guarding the dude who was open. And at the end of the game, it's the first time I actually really recognized something. Donna McCaffrey has lost a step during his 14 years here at Iowa. And <laughs> and the Ohio State guys were able to blow by him to the to the rim and get that extra half a step that you need so they can get a good look and get it in. And, you know, I appreciate what Connor has done for the program. I appreciate the fact that he's way better at basketball than I'm ever going to be. But isn't there an opportunity at that moment when you when you can say, how about we put in Ulyss and let him get in front of that guy and maybe, you know, make it more difficult? And Tony Perkins needs to quit bitching every time he doesn't get a foul called on him and stand there because he never gets back on defense when it, when it happens on offense. It's starting to bother yeah. me. It's a thing he yep. does. Yep. Yeah. I, well, I, 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 I hate to say it, but I tend to think, though, it is uh, – and I, I, I believe – based on what I witnessed the other day, there are a lot of rotten calls that go against Iowa, but they talk 
back to the officials a lot and whine a lot. All of them do. And I don't know if right. that's part of Fran or whatever, but I mean, Peyton Sanford, uh, uh, I think Chad Listica had the line of the day, which is Peyton Sanford's going to foul out without actually committing a foul, right? He had three fouls well, and he hadn't touched anybody. There were three. He, just still hasn't, he still hasn't touched an Ohio State player in three games against them. Right. It was, it was, it, I mean, it was, there were three brutal calls against him in, in a two in the first half, one in the second half. One that was, you know, there was a timeout and everybody was walking off the court and they whistled in for a foul. But it, so it was bad, and there is a reason why they complain a lot because the officials clearly they they make bad calls. They're bad in, in every game in the Big Ten, but they see, do seem to find some phantom fouls against Iowa that are inconsistent. But Iowa does well, complain a lot, and it gets it gets really tiresome to, to hear to see them continue to complain because they're not getting any right. help out of it. Well, yes, you know? it, it clearly isn't isn't helping them, and you know. When you watch the master, Tom Izzo, work the officials starting before the game, and then early in the first half, he usually throws a temper tantrum, and then whatever, and then you see what happens as the game progresses, and that his guys, his key guys who maybe get two fouls early, rarely foul out. Um, and, and Iowa doesn't get that, whether it's Fran not – or continually complaining, or whether it's the players who are continually complaining, I don't know. But it, I, I'm going to tell you this: you and I grew up in an area, an era, where if if a foul was not called upon you, the last thing you did is stand at the other end of the thing and put raise your arms up, okay, and go, "How come there was no foul called?" If there was no foul called, you got your butt back on defense and yeah. you tried to yep. play defense. And yep. Iowa gets burnt far too many times. And and this is something that that I think I want to see, and this is going to help Iowa in the tournament, that the officiating is going to be tighter. And Iowa's going to get to the line. And as long as they're being aggressive. Now, if if they're going to pass it around the outside and never go inside, then that isn't going to happen, which is what happened last year against Richmond. But if they are aggressive on offense, they are they will get fouls called in this first round of the NCAA basketball tournament. And if they win, particularly in the second round against Houston, because those guys are are you know trap and grab and and hold on the whole time. And if yeah, you watch it, the Memphis game the other day. They yeah. got in foul trouble, and Memphis just took it to them. So I, I think it's interesting. I think you're right. This will be – in the tournament, it happens a lot. It'll be interesting to see how the games are officiated, uh, and there are things that could go Iowa's way if that happens. Uh, it also might do them some good just to get away from the same officials that they see each week, right? No um, some of the, I mean, some of these guys clearly have an ax to grind. And, and like I say, Peyton Sanford complains all the time, and he literally I, – I mean, there the, – the, it was just that bad the, the fouls they called them there. Let me let's let's talk a little bit. I I, I think you made a, a point about the times Iowa had the chance to take the lead and widen it out the other day, and their decision making because they shot four for seventeen from three. So again, not very well. But in the second half, I think it was only one for it was like one or two for six. Right? It wasn't as bad. They were they got to, they had no free throws at halftime. They ended up thirteen right. for sixteen from the line. So they got sixteen free throws in the second half. Tony Perkins missed two big ones, which was too bad, uh, it, it, with a chance to tie that the probably, game late. That, 
honestly, it was probably the difference in the game. Yeah, it, it probably was. I thought the other thing that um, – there were, there were two other things that stood out to me. One, I thought Philip Rebracha probably could have gone for 40. And I, he, passed about, he passed out of the post with oh my just gosh. him and one other guy there. I don't know, six straight times in the, um, in the first half where and, – and, and Iowa took three pointers and missed all of them. Right. I mean, I right. understand that the idea is to get an open shot, but dude, you're you are owning the paint. He missed, you know, he was missing one or two here and there, but he's getting to the line. Uh, in the second half, he got to the line. He's going to get fouled. He had, I don't know, seven, seven or eight buckets in the first half. And Ohio State he easily could have had thirty-five. Letting, yeah, and he just why pass out of that if you are not making shots? So that was the first thing. The other question I have, and this is just goes back to overall, what the heck happened to Aaron Euless, uh from where he was playing in the middle of the year? I think his stat line the other day was one point on one free throw, um, it, you know, maybe two rebounds and a steal. I mean, he just he's non-existent out there, and in, in the middle of the year, remember that Maryland game where he where he, he yeah. had fifteen or sixteen, uh, and the Michigan State game on the road where he had uh, eighteen, I think. The kid is, well, Brett, let me, is capable. Let me ask you this question. How many minutes did he play? 12? Well, I, got, I, I would have to I, – I, you raise a good point. Was that Connor that was in there? Were we playing the wrong guy? Uh, well, and, and, I mean, and, clear, clearly we went to Connor because I don't think Fran thinks that Euless can guard those big, heavy-legged guards that Ohio State has. They have like three of them. It's a good you know point. what else? He went, he went for the size. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. In the other, wasn't there a moment where he had basically Perkins and like four guys that were six ten in there? Chris, Philip, um, Patrick. Well, I guess we don't have El, Miss Sanford. We had yeah. like four guys over six eight in there, and it was like, okay, I get but what they're you're driving right to by do. him. Yeah. Yeah. Right, but it, you can't yeah. stay in front of anyone. Iowa, honestly, yeah. you know what Iowa needs to do? They need to play more zone. They need to make teams beat them and, and pack it in like Syracuse and see if somebody can actually shoot the ball on them. Because Auburn can't shoot a lick. Right. I mean, they're, right. Li- they're like literally like 32% for the year in three-point shots. They are and 32% just, for the year. They are, yes. No Nebraska, Nebraska made you pay for that by having a red-hot day, right? But it's not going to happen all the time. And you make the point. If, if, look, if your man-to-man is going to give up three-pointers in the corner every time and Ohio State right. knocked down, I think, three in the last five minutes of the game, if that's going to get there, then you may as well just play zone and let them shoot it, right? And take away the drive and take away the, the, the four-footers and the eight-footers because – Right. Uh, it certainly is there. And this weekend is going to be uh, – you're going you're gonna to see that exactly. Cause, um, and so, it, I, I, honestly, I just saw that Andy Katz has, uh, has Iowa uh, going to the Sweet 16, right, because he feels like Iowa can outscore both of these teams and neither one of them can no shoot question. with Iowa. And, and so the real question there – well, so, you know, I'm going to go we'll, – we'll get into this a little later, but – but um, I do think it's going to be a matchups thing, and Fran's got to put together an actual doggone game plan that makes some sense. A game plan, yes, yeah. a plan, yeah. a plan of attack. 
You know, yep. not just, okay, we're going to run, you know, plays one, two, and four, a game plan. We're going to yep. double team this guy. We're going to, we're going to come out. We're going to start with the three quarters zone trap. And we're going to fall back, not into man. We're going to fall back in the zone. And we're going to have Patrick run to the baseline instead of Rabracha. All right. I mean, well, there's our out cue. Welcome back. We'll keep breaking this down and the women's tournament as well when we come back from the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700. The chance. The game is the first time I actually really recognize something. Connor McCaffrey has lost a step during his 14 years here at Iowa. And, <laughs> and the Ohio State guys were able to blow by him to the, to the rim and get that extra half a step that you need so they can get a good look and get it in. And, you know, I appreciate what Connor has done for the program. I appreciate the fact that he's way better at basketball than I'm ever going to be. But isn't there an opportunity at that moment when you when you can say, how about we put in Ulysses and let him get in front of that guy and maybe, you know, make it more difficult. And Tony Perkins needs to quit bitching every time he doesn't get a foul called on him and stand there because he never gets back on defense when it, when it happens on offense. It's starting to bother yeah. me. It's a thing he yep. does. Yep. Yeah. I, well, I, 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 I hate to say it, but I tend to think, though, it is uh, – and I, I, I believe – based on what I witnessed the other day. There are a lot of rotten calls that go against Iowa. But they talk back to the officials a lot and whine a lot. All of them do. And I don't know if right. that's part of Fran or whatever. But, I mean, Peyton Sanford, uh, uh, I think Chad Listica had the line of the day, which is Peyton Sanford's going to foul out without actually committing a foul, right? He had three fouls well, and he hadn't touched anybody. There were three. He, just still hasn't, he still hasn't touched an Ohio State player in three games against them. Right. It was. It was. It, I mean, it was. There were three brutal calls against him in in a two in the first half, one in the second half, one that was. You know, there was a timeout and everybody was walking off the court and they whistled him for a foul. But it, so it was bad, and there is a reason why they complain a lot because the officials clearly they they make bad calls. They're bad in, in every game in the Big Ten, but they see, do seem to find some phantom fouls against Iowa that are inconsistent. But Iowa does well, complain a lot, and it gets ty- it gets really tiresome to, to hear to see them continue to complain because they're not getting any right. help out of it. Well, yes, you know? it, it clearly isn't isn't helping them. And you know, when you watch the master Tom Izzo work the officials starting before the game, and then early in the first half, he usually throws a temper tantrum, and then whatever, and then you see what happens as the game progresses. And that his guys, his key guys who maybe get two fouls early, rarely foul out. Um, and and Iowa doesn't get that, whether it's Fran not or continually complaining or whether it's the players who are continually complaining. I don't know. But it, I, I'm going to tell you this. And we are back here on the Hawkeye. Hello, Gregory. It's Dave Payne Jr. with you. We are uh, split up today, David. In Chicago, getting set for a little spring break action in uh, in Cancun, going to fly out tomorrow, and I'm uh, here in in the hawk hole here in Grimes as uh, we're getting set for NCAA basketball action coming up this uh, coming up this week. Iowa, of course, yep. at uh, 5:30 on 5:45 on uh, Thursday. The men and the women at three o'clock from Carver Hawkeye Arena on uh, that'll be Friday. Um, so good news. Also, good news. Yeah. I. 
I believe I have talked the lovely and talented out of going to the Hibachi Grill, which I've been, I don't know, 40 times, to go watch the game with me at the bowling alley, and then going for something to eat at 730. There you go. Well, um, I, I, if you have trouble dialing things in, as you know, um, I have a, I have a website for you. I'll just text me and I'll let you know how to make that work. Remember when we were down there a couple of years ago? I yes. I found a way. I found a way on your phone, if nothing else. Hey, you're cutting right. in and out a little bit uh, there, so um, I'm not sure if you're uh, if you're up close to the to the speaker or not. But anyway, I'll just make sure I don't stutter. Yeah, it's it's it's, it, it, it's kind of cutting you off. Maybe that's my phone. Hey, um. Real quick, because there's not a lot of news to it, but uh, the, the the NCAA wrestling championships are this week uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Iowa, of course, with ten uh, all ten wrestlers qualified for the national tournament. Uh, they'll be down there. Uh, of course, the big one will be Spencer Lee going for his fourth NCAA championship. Uh, he would be the fifth ever, but there's some kid from Cornell that's also going for it as well. So uh, it, it may be the sixth ever. Um, which is interesting that this could happen all at once. But uh, nonetheless, uh, a big weekend for Spencer Lee and the Iowa Hawkeyes, and, and hopefully Real Woods gets it, gets it done as well. If nothing else, it would be nice to see Iowa uh, come out of there. And we've talked about this. The scoring, the way it could come out, uh, could be better for Iowa than even the Big Ten's was. Well, yeah, I was talking to my wrestling insiders, and both of them were like, the Austin did not get the greatest draw. And so – Ultimately, I think what you would hope for is uh, two national champs and at six, maybe seven All-Americans. Um, you know, guys like Jacob Warner have got to wrestle well to be, be All-Americans. I mean, the dude was in the final last year, uh, so we'll see if he can have have a great great uh, weekend. I've I've got high hopes for uh, Kennedy and Schwingert. Ah. Uh, to uh, come through with uh, big weekends as well. My All-Americans are, are Lee, Woods, Murin, Schwieger, Kennedy, and Cassiope. Should be about right. I, I, it'll be, well, I, you know, it's, it, 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 you know, you, you hope, you hope that, uh, that the guys, particularly the seniors can go out on top and, and have some real success. Hey, you know, it, um, hey, it, it can happen. Abe Assad needs Tommy John surgery. Okay, that's his problem. Yeah. All right, and you know, Spencer Lee injuries are for wussies or whatever, pains for wussies, but he's Spencer Lee. He's he's a different cat. I mean, Assad's arm is effectively not working. Right, and they've tried to to give it time to heal, but there's only so much you can do, which it's is unfortunate because they they you know. He 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 would have been a, a big plus in the, in uh, for himself not only you know but also in the scoring for the team. Uh, well, we'll see real, how that goes. Dark horse hope... would be Nelson Brands. Well, it, yeah. Now listen, you know Nelson's been uh, been wrestling better and better against the better and better wrestlers. So uh, wouldn't put him past uh, put it past him to uh, to make a little noise over there as well. Uh, well, we'll break all that down next week, uh, of course, uh, and how that went along with uh, both the basketball teams. Before we get away and get back into basketball, let's uh, recap baseball for the week. 
So they had a struggle this week. They were went down to Texas Tech where, um, you know, the Red Raiders have had a good program. They were ranked to start the year. The women were, the women's team on ESPN clearly were not. They were they were celebratory properly, but they weren't dancing around like a lot of the other teams. I think they thought they were going to get the number one after Stanford lost in their conference tournament. One could argue that that probably should have been the case. I think that the uh, again. I really believe both the men's and women's uh, committees uh, spend the majority of their time on the bubble teams uh, on the weekends, and they have got the seeds one through eight, um, probably one through 16 set by Friday and really don't care one way or the other what the conference tournaments do. In this case, Stanford lost last week, and they, you know, it, it, it made no sense. But So anyway, Iowa's a two-seed. It's, it's uh, by the way, do you realize this is their, their, their third two-seed since two, 2019? I guess I – had forgotten yeah. that they'd had been that high. Um, yeah, well, and against LB- twenty went away. Yeah. yeah. Um, so no, so, I, I do recognize that, and, and honestly, I don't even think it was. I don't think it was between Iowa and Stanford. I think it was between Iowa and Virginia Tech. I realize the way they put them in there, and the way they numbered them, but I don't think that's the case. Um, Stanford. All year long, he's been up there and and had, you know, they're Stanford. They have pedigree. The two teams that don't are Virginia Tech and Iowa, so I think that that's ultimately what happened. Here's the good news. Okay? You're a two. You get Stanford, who's obviously uh, completely beatable, um, and in, regardless of where you're playing them. You don't have to go through Connecticut. And if you get to the five four, so what? You take your shot. You got South Carolina, and you, you got a chance, right? Um, and I was worried when I first saw the bracket. I mean, literally, right at the gate, I saw Florida State, and Georgia, and I went, "Oh man!" And then I thought, as I recall, the last time we played Georgia in the NCAA basketball tournament, we beat them by thirty. I think. I'd, I'd have to look at that. I. I... I, I did break down Florida and Georgia, Florida State and Georgia a little bit myself, um, just on the assumption. Obviously, they get by Southeast Louisiana. I would agree with you. First of all, uh, when 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 UConn went off the board as a two seed in the other regional, uh, Andrew and I looked at each other and went, "Well, that's good." We were surprised, right? We really thought they were gonna they were gonna line that up again um, in some way. So that that was good. I think you're right. It's nice to not have to go through them to go to the Final Four. But then, yeah, Florida State, I, I think um, Georgia, I looked through Georgia, um, Georgia just didn't do much this year That w- that's exciting. They they took LSU to double overtime, I guess. They're not – so I would be surprising if they upset Florida State. Now, Florida State at 23-9, and nine, fourth in the ACC, they're dangerous. Um, they've uh, they got comparable wins. They did beat North Carolina State, who beat Iowa. They beat North Carolina State by 20. Um, they they beat Wisconsin by five. Of course, Iowa just beat Wisconsin by like 30 a couple weeks ago. And they did beat right. Purdue by one. So there's common opponents there. Florida State runs the ball fairly quickly. That's going to be one of those games that will be up and down, and Iowa's going to have to stay hot, uh, you know, which which they can, uh, particularly in Carver-Hawkeye. I, I, you know, I don't see it being a problem, but at the same time, that's a, that's a dangerous one. And this is Lisa Bluter's 17th NCAA tournament in 23 years. And remember, there would have been an 18th uh, if if 2020 hadn't happened. So you're looking at five um, five non NCAA tournament years in all 23 that she's there. 
And I believe they were in the NIT in two of those. Um, this is 11 of 13 for them, a great run. And, uh, and you know, it's going to be fun to see how they can uh, respond. I really don't feel like you're going to see them uh, have the same issue they had last year and come out flat uh, uh, like they did against Creighton. No, I no, I, I completely agree. And I think that there is a, uh, a remembrance of what happened last year at home when they just they let Creighton just shoot the ball and didn't play their game. But Florida State wins, and they want to run with Iowa. Let's go, guys. Let's go. No team is better in the country. Yeah, let's, r- r- let's run it. Right. The Iowa Hawks. I mean, right. Run it back. And, and I mean, it might be 108 to 93, but it's going to be fun. I I, I agree. I I I think if if somebody wants to get out and go against them, if that's how you think you're going to beat them, more power to you. Right. Give it a shot, and, well, and maybe that, that maybe I, that might happen. That's how you right? play. If that's right. how you play, if Florida right. State likes to get up and go, then let's go. I, I'm uh, all for it. Yeah, I, I can't. I, yeah, exactly. I can't see. Um, well, I just they Iowa. Is, this is the difference in this Iowa team. They found so many ways to beat so many different teams this year. Um, right. You know the, the different styles score. of play. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's it. They well, actually, seven can, but right, but but all five that you have on the court most of the time. And um, right. and as we said, I think I think when you go back to the NC State game, or uh, if you go back to the UConn game early in the year, uh, the one thing they did not have was they didn't they weren't playing Hannah Stolke quite the same way, not as much. She was just getting her feet wet as a freshman, and now she's you know got a full year under her belt, and that's a huge weapon uh, inside when you're trying to decide who who you're going to guard, uh, Monica Sinano or or Hannah Stolke at the same time. And it gives Caitlin Clark a lot of options to pass to as well. So um, right. it, it's a it, it's a different Iowa team than it was uh, when they were in the non-conference just a few weeks ago. So um, I don't think we've got a time on what the game would be on Sunday if uh, if the uh, if they win on Friday. So we'll have to be paying attention what to that. Is, but what uh, is Friday? Three o'clock or something like that? I got three o'clock is the way I'm looking. Yes, what I see. Right. Yes, three p.m. at Carver. Um. One thing about Southeast Louisiana, the only thing I would tell you about them, they've got four all-conference players. Um, they they uh, went up against a couple of decent teams this year. They lost to Utah by uh, by 27. You know, they lost to US, LSU by 12. Uh, they're 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 probably not going to be able to hang with Iowa in terms of uh, um, in terms of just up and down the court um, for for 40 minutes that way. But at the same time. They'll show up and give the Iowa fans a lot to a lot to cheer about. So we'll look forward to that. And and what you and I are going to look forward to is actually doing a show next week where we have to preview more basketball, right? That's right. That's right. We're not we're not going to get into that deal that happened last year where all of a sudden the men are one and done and the women were two and done. And we're like, ah, this is how it ends. It was all over. (laughs) We were so excited, and then then the whole thing was just over. Right. <laughs> Talk about a letdown, you know. Oh man. Right. It was. They it was. L a lover, and it was over. Going back to the men, some interesting things. That, you know, I was. We, you get crazy, I know, when you start talking about the brackets too much and who was left in and who was left out. But interestingly, the Big Ten, you know, Rutgers left out. Michigan, Wisconsin, those were a little bit easier to see happening. Rutgers, I thought, probably 
should have been in over a couple of teams. Uh, I think you know, Rutgers, Clemson, and Oklahoma State all had claims for getting in. And then the other thing I think is interesting is Iowa gets Auburn, and they're playing in Alabama in Birmingham. And uh, Yeah, that's no different than getting Cincinnati and Columbus. Yeah. Oh, all right. There's a, we're getting bumped out. We'll be back, and we'll wrap all this stuff up. Get set. When we come back, I'm the Hawkeye Huddle, 1700 champ. And we're back here to wrap things up on the Hawkeye Huddle. Brent Rich, Dave Creighton, Jr. with you, 100.3 FM and 1700 the champ. Got to make sure we thank the great sponsors on our program, including AMPM Plumbing. David, what do they do? They do plumbing, Brett. They do it better than anyone. Same price, air tight. Shocker, I think. <laughs> Over the years, we've we've heard right how good they are, and it is uh, it is nice. Uh, they're there in Valley Junction. Uh, give them a call. Of course, Brian Houck of Key Mor- uh, uh, Key Mortgage, Angie Lancaster, Remax Concepts. Our friends at the Blue Ribbon Ribbon Bacon Festival. Uh, oh, bacon! Oh, bacon! Had to do it. Had to be done. And uh, Gates House Pictures for powering the HawkeyeHuddle.com. And our friends at GMigs, we're missing them today, but uh, we'll be spending some time there watching NCAA basketball over the next couple of weeks, and appreciate them hosting us over the last several years. Uh, what a what a great group of folks uh, to help us out and putting this program on each and every week. Should be noted, we did not grab Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com today as it was a separate day from normal our normal Tuesday. I did run into Tom briefly at the tournament. He was sitting in front of me for a long time, and I didn't know it. Uh, but uh, we, we had a brief interaction. It was good to see him. And uh, we'll get him back next week on Tuesday to uh, kind of talk about what's, what's uh, going down with uh, the Iowa uh, both men's and women's teams as we both feel like they're both going to be. They're going to be both alive. That's the way it's going to go. I don't know. We'll see. Let's keep, uh, <laughs> let's keep with our sponsors. Yeah. Let's keep with our sponsors in terms of the uh, private wealth asset management um, uh, top five. Fifth Street Five. Fifth Street Five. That's right. Um, and, of course, they've been sponsoring this year as we've done um, the top five each week, uh, kind of in honor of all the great businesses there on uh, Fifth Street and Valley Junction in West Des Moines and private wealth asset management, of course, one of the new neighbors in town and, and really enjoying uh, trying to help uh, put some sunshine to uh, to uh, the great area that's there with all the bars and restaurants and, and uh, shops that you can enjoy. So uh, this is this is kind of a downer, but but I, I think it is important to point out that Iowa's had very few uh, first round exits in the NCAA tournament. Uh, uh, they've actually had many years, and Dr. Tom was great at it. But they've had for many years they've been able to get past their first game, so it's easier to look back at sort of the the few games where they were disappointed. So we're doing the five early exit disappointments in the NCAA basketball tournament. And um, I think we would say, uh, I, I think we're probably in agreement that one of them we wa- watched together when we got back from Cancun uh, uh, eight years ago. Oh boy, eight years ago. Oh. That would be the, that that would be the, the that would be the Tennessee game, and they they lost the in overtime. Game, in yeah, yeah. And, and that was you know here's the thing about that game, and, and most people I, I don't think they really recognize this. That was when. Patrick McCaffrey was found out he had cancer. And Iowa went into the first and maybe only fan fade and were playing there in Dayton. And then, obviously, they finished with the thud. Um, but that was a tough deal, not having your head coach around and knowing that he was 
off kilter. Yeah, it clearly it clearly affected the team uh, who had been on a roll until they 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 got into that situation where Fran was uh, clearly distracted, um, and and it it just played into it, and they they lost a close game in, against Tennessee. All of these games that they lost ended up being nip and tuck. I have at number four um, in 1981. I don't know if you remember this one, but uh, Lute Olson is the year after they'd been to the Final Four, and they had a great team still. But Lute Olson's team uh, had to go to Wichita State. This was, ended up being a second-round game because they got a bye. Back then, there were only – it wasn't 64 teams. It was 48. But they had to play on the home court of the Wichita State Shockers and lost basically a full road game, 60-56, uh, to 56, against Wichita State in 1981. Yeah, I remember. I remember that game. I was, I was uh, just a, a, a wee, a wee bastard as a freshman in high school, uh, but I do remember that game, and that was very terribly disappointing after that, because that team had had a great year uh, throughout, and uh, the fact, like you said, the NCAA but tournament back in those days was not exactly fair. No. Uh, going on the road, that was a true road game. I mean, it was just, I remember it was just, you know, it was amazing that they did that too. I think Iowa was a, a two or a three seed that year and had had a great year. Yeah. yeah. Um, so number my, three, my next, number one, was, my next yeah, one was the Northwestern State game uh, okay. where the dude hits it from the corner. And, you know, because that was Horner and Brunner and those guys and, and, and I, again, Iowa had had a great season, uh, coming in as a three seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, games up in Detroit had them. I mean, they had them, and and just sort of quit the last four minutes. Seventeen of the game point lead with four minutes to go. Seventeen points. Yeah, yeah. It was just bad. Very bad. Uh, yeah. So. All, all three of these top three for us uh, are, are teams that were Big Ten champions. That 2006 group, of course, had won the, the Big Ten uh, tournament championship against Michigan State just a week earlier and went in red hot uh, after winning three in Indianapolis. So that was tough. What do you got for number two? Well, I'm going to throw you a curveball because it wasn't the first round, but it was the Vegas game to go to the final you're four. Going with, you're going with a gut punch. Okay. Yes, I'm going with that um, just because Iowa, we were there. We were on the Hawks were on the precipice of going to the Final Four again for the first time since 1980. They had been number one in the country. They had an incredible basketball team, and they had a 16 or 18 point lead in the first half um, against Vegas. And I thought, holy cow, this this is actually going to happen, and then yep. it didn't. And then it didn't. Ready, bang. Well, I'm going to throw you my number two at this point. is uh, It was my 10th birthday, 1979. A lot of people don't remember this, but when when Michigan State won the national championship again, uh, with Magic Johnson against Larry Bird, Michigan State was, uh, was in a three-way tie for the Big Ten championship that year. There was no tournament. They tied Purdue and Iowa as the, as the regular season champions in the Big Ten. Iowa went to Indiana. They played in Assembly Hall. They had never won there. Uh, they did not play. Again, they had a bye, and they did not play until Saturday. On my 10th birthday, they lost on a last-second shot to Toledo. Toledo Rockets. Of, 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 uh, of all teams. Toledo. Yes. Iowa did not win they, in uh, Assembly Hall until 1982. 
So you just had been the for, uh, You watch out for the candlestick flashes this this uh, in this tournament against Indiana in that first round. They're good. Uh, uh, I, a lot of people looking at them uh, as well. Uh, honorable mentions, uh, they went out in the first round against North Carolina State, 1986, 66-64 uh, up in Minneapolis. And then Arkansas beat them in the first round in 1985. Those teams, uh, good but not great, so uh, they're not on the on the list. All these other teams, probably a little bit more. And then we both agree, uh, of course, uh, the recency bias that comes in with last year being number one. Uh, all these different uh, – we win the Big Ten championship, and all of a sudden everybody's talking about Iowa to the Final Four, Dick Vitale, all those guys, and you go out and play ostensibly your worst game in a month and a half against Richmond and, and, and get beat in the first round. Yeah, it just – it was a piss-poor job coaching and playing and everything. There was nothing good about that game. Iowa allowed Richmond to dictate the pace, and – and they got beat. Uh, they got out coached. They got beat. Then Richmond, course, goes and loses by 25 next game. So, moving back to this week, you think that – so I was upset a little bit that Iowa has to play Auburn in Birmingham. Then I realized Alabama is going to be playing, I think, the game before that. That might bode well, well for Iowa with Bama fans who hate, hate Auburn. If there are fans there. who stick around, yes, uh, that I think you'll get you'll get a fifty fifty you'll get a sixty forty crowd because Auburn will still have more. But you got to remember, but, Iowa went to Columbus and played Cincinnati. What was it, three years ago, and beat them there. Um, in a not a great or pretty hostile environment, if you don't mind me saying. Uh, then they ended up playing. Tennessee came back and lost in overtime in the second round there. For an 8-9 seed, Iowa could not have asked for a better draw. I mean, you got two teams that play like Rutgers, right, that they're going to try and muck it up, do whatever. And Iowa has had good luck against a Rutgers 19 that is athletic but, but wants to play physical because we can outscore them. And they're not going to score that much. And Iowa's best defense is missed shots. Iowa's best defense is missed shots. Never a truer phrase has been spoken. Now, I think you're right. I, I, I would say there was one better draw that could have been, which is Iowa and Des Moines, uh, which would have well, made yeah. a lot of sense. Okay. I'm not sure I understand why the, why the lower seed, number nine, Auburn, ends up playing ostensibly a, ho- a home crowd when Iowa doesn't. But aside from that, I think you point out the right things. So, uh, look – Looking at uh, Auburn's resume, they did start out 16 and three, but they really didn't beat anybody, right? They just they uh, they did take Alabama to overtime and lost. Uh, they lost to Northwestern uh, by one. They don't really have a lot of big victories out there. I think they got uh, maybe got Mississippi State or Texas A&M. Just nothing real real sexy for them. So they don't strike the fear of God into you. You go to the Houston team, and Houston has beaten a lot of good teams, right? Oregon, St. Mary's, Virginia, Kent State, ORU, uh, you know, close loss to Alabama. Houston has, has done some things that, that have earned them that number one spot. But I, I agree with you. But you got to keep the, this in mind, Brett. Brett, their best guy is hurt. And, and their best player and, is hurt. Yep. And, and so and, if, he, if he is unable to go at 100%, you gotta, you gotta punch your hands. Yeah, it can really help. 
And I, so Iowa has a real chance if they can, if those Wilson basketballs don't kill them. So what do you That's think? Right. We going for two, uh, two? Sweet 16, here we go. Sweet 16 for both men and the women. Talk uh, wrestlers will be second in the, na- in the nation at the end of the week. That'll be great. We'll talk to you next week on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 Champ and 101.3 FM.